This podcast is a member of the Podchmo Network. Get your podcast on Podchmo at Podchmo.com. Alright, so here we are. It's 2007, the 8th of August. You're listening to Wasteland on the North Coast. And today we have Scott, Greg, Schmo, Mickey, DJ. <laughs> With for dramatic pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a guest. Yeah. He does the way he lumped, which just does. You're get, hey, you're getting to have attended as many as Greg, so you might not be a guest. But I got a shirt first too. Yeah, you got a shirt before Greg. <laughs> just for the record, I did finally give Greg two shirts today. Thanks, Scott. You gave t-shirts about Greg. They don't say staff or security, though. <laughs> They're the general public shirts. <laughs> He's got to earn the others. Yes. We'll see what happens during volleyball season. <laughs> if his wife has classes. And, and HUD earned security? All right. He did. He's Speaking the only that, one who was recognized. Quick, volleyball season, we're going to have to talk about how we're going to do Wednesdays, try to get Mike to go to some, maybe do volleyball and podcasting on a Friday night or something. That'd be good. You know, once a month, maybe, or something. Like, stick that, you know, mull that over. No, you know what you're, I know what you're saying. Plant it in the back of your wife's head that there might be exactly. some Fridays you're asking start to be Start filing the paperwork yes. now. <laughs> start, start letting all necessary parties know that at least once a month. Start filing the paperwork. Yeah, exactly. All the red tape. It's like Brazil. Well, at the house. See, it's been two weeks since we convened. After three shows and... and, and <laughs> Four days or five days or whatever. It still feels like a long time since our last show. We had two more concerts, uh, two big concerts at uh, Cincinnati and Alpine Valley, the two meccas of Parrotheaddom. I, I, I did listen to the Alpine Valley. I tried recording the Cincy show and I got all the way to two songs before the encores and the power went out at my house. Oh. And so I missed the world premiere, first time ever performance of Once in a Lifetime. Uh, Jimmy's cover of Talking Heads. Oh, that's right. You missed that. And I'm, I the next morning that. I'm wondering, gee, I wonder what I missed. And I go to Buffett News and I see this. No, that can't be once in a life. The, the actual Talking Heads song? <laughs> you did a Talking Heads? Yeah. And I'm I going to all the shows that I miss and have no chance of getting. It had to be. As I was I taping. Three quarters of them. As I was taping Saturday and listening to the show I, I saw that. So at least mid-taped once in a lifetime. <laughs> no, I lost power. I lost power at the house. Pissed me off. That sucks. And uh, the Saturday show was at Alpine Valley. Um, and I tried to record that one too, but my niece was getting married that same day. Oh, the nerve. <laughs> and uh, I was... Check. I didn't have to do anything at the wedding. I wasn't like in the wedding party or anything like that, but still, it's kind of difficult to record a puppet concert and attend a reception at the same time. You were the videographer. Yeah, and videotape it too. Um, the reception, not me taping the concert. And uh, But I missed some of the show, but I did. He, he performed Once in a Lifetime again as the first song of the second half as opposed to part of the encore, like he did Thursday. He did it the first song of the second half on Saturday, so I did tape that, so I could fade to his performance of Once in a Lifetime on Saturday show instead of the world premiere. And you may ask yourself, what is that beautiful smell? And you may ask yourself, are those the beautiful cheese fields of Wisconsin? I can't believe you did that song. That sounded great. I didn't even know he played it. I didn't hear that part of the show, obviously. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of uh, David Byrne, but I do like the Talking Heads as a band. And so it was it was really cool to hear, to hear Jimmy's version of it. And I, I hate to say it, I'll probably ruffle the feathers of Talking Heads fans, but I like Jimmy's version just because it doesn't have David Byrne as the vocalist. <laughs> I'll have to... I have my own copy of that, though, but we've created a monster, too, with my daughter. I haven't heard the song in a while. Oh, you have. The uh, rumor is that Savannah was attending a wedding. That's why she wasn't hosting the pre-shows for the last leg of the concert, or the last leg of the tour. Probably at Usher's. And, uh, 
and Jimmy was at the wedding, and I guess they played that song. I assume DJ played the song at the wedding, and he, he remembered what a great song it was, and that's what prompted him to get the coral reefers to learn it and, and perform it. But it seems like a really strange song to play at a wedding, because, you know, you know, you may ask yourself, well, where's my beautiful wife? And it's like... I don't. I don't think that's the the mindset you, you want to yourself, go. Do I want to lock myself down for the rest of my life? You may ask yourself. <laughs> what have I, I done with my life? Her? Yeah, and at me the rest of my life. I mean, one of the lines is, "What have I done with my life?" Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. so it's I, like, I do you so. really want to start your wedding with that here? song? Yeah, that's too. Early. How did I get here? Mm. The groom's going. You know, damn it, that's right. <laughs> and storms out. And J- meanwhile, Jimmy's like, you know, that's a good song. <laughs> I didn't even know. I missed. I, I sat and listened to every minute of the show as I was recording it and watching. But we've created a monster with my daughter, who has to listen now to every show live as it's broadcast on Radio Margaritaville since Silver Lake, then this show, and then that was the last one for a while, right? Yeah. So um, now she's. You know, dang it! I forgot when he's coming back. It's at the end of August, but I don't remember the date. I think it might be August twentieth. If the Bazinski family would learn how to hook up their wireless correctly, <laughs> we'd um, know. At the Cincy show. I'm connected to them, but their internet's down. Yeah, that's right. Scott finally found a wireless network. <laughs> so but lives around here. It's not password protected. It's open. I'm connected. But it's in name signal. only. But they can't fix their router so that <laughs> yeah. strange people can use the internet. Good. Um, I forgot to mention at the Cincy show, he did fruitcakes. Oh, he went back to doing On the Road again. I didn't even notice yeah. that. He opened it right? He brought back Domino College again. And King of Somewhere Hot came back again. And then Saturday... Domino College returned once in a lifetime, and oh, the uh, the other thing is, I got to hear the end of the show. I was listening to the encores, and he did Southern Cross in one particular harbor, and then I'm thinking, oh, he's just going to do In My Room, and, and tonight I just need my guitar, so I stopped taping, but instead he did Glory Days again and Stories We Could Tell, which he hasn't done yeah, since yeah, 2004, I listened to the so end. I missed that as well. It was cool to hear Glory Days, and then yet... As he just pulled around his guitar, he says, I don't even know, I'm just deciding to do this song now. Whether it's true or not, but he was just pulling around and threw into this stories we get to. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. It was, uh, well, if, if Schmo's recording of it works out, we can fade to that. Let me just, I don't know about you, I've done a lot of shows, but boy, this is right up there. Thank you very much. What a night. Yeah, it all started out like this. <laughs> a long time ago. This just popped into my mind. I had no idea what I was gonna play till right now. Talking to myself again, wondering if this traveling is good. Is there something else to doing? I'd be doing if I could. No. But all the stories we could tell. Hell. I wish that we could sit upon a bed in some hotel And listen to the stories that we could tell we oh, I told you it would work out <laughs> Before I forget, our, our roving reporter and listener Ed sent us uh, a report from, uh, from Alpine Valley He was there uh, on July 28th when Buffett landed by plane and uh, he, uh, he actually contacted us and sent us an audio report. So uh, here's, here's what he had to say from the scene. Good afternoon. This is listener Ed reporting in from Alpine Valley, East Troy, Wisconsin. Just want to let you know at 3.15 Central Time, Mr. Buffett's airplane touched down at uh, East Troy Local Airport. Uh, got some pictures I'll email up to you guys. Got fairly close, but couldn't get an autograph or talk to them because there were too many other people uh, yelling and screaming and uh, wounding over Mr. Buffett. So uh, that's it. Mr. Ed, sign out. 
Wow, and roving listener. reporter. Listener Thanks, Ed. listener Ed. Thank and you. he also sent us a uh, an email review of the concert. So, if you want to read that? Gents, here's my review of the concert at Alpine Valley last night. The concert was outstanding. Tina looked great. <laughs> All members of the band were in sync with each other as well as the crowd. Even Doyle Grisham was smiling as he hardly and he hardly ever smiles. Jimmy's toast to the astronauts before the show started was a very nice touch. Oh, that's right. It was because of the, that was after all the drunk astronaut yeah. reported hit. But I just wanted to come out and take a look at y'all before it gets crazy, you know? Also, I'd like to make a toast tonight to the astronauts. As one who knows... I'm about to ride this rocket ship, and I know how it feels to want to have a pop before you blast off. Let's go! The best song of the first set was Brown Eyed Girl. The, record, the crowd went wild when he started playing it. I think this song got a better response than Margaritaville did. I didn't get to see the Paris video of I Will Play For Gumbo during the intermission, sorry. Listener Ed. <laughs> the best song of the second set was Everybody's on the Phone. Huh. It was a real treat to listen to a buffetized version of Once in a Lifetime. Okay, there we go. And did I mention that Tina looked great? The best part of this concert was when Jimmy came back to do a solo version of Stories We Could Tell. And I agree with that. And Too Bad Fingers wasn't there. It would have been great to see Jimmy and Fingers do the song together. Another good one. Another low point of the concert was when the couple seated next to him, probably. Got into an argument during Southern Cross. We're security when you need them. <laughs> I was happy that Jimmy did not play We Don't Get Drunk. I'm just tired of that one. Maybe it could have helped the arguing couple seated next to me. They were already drunk. <laughs> also, why doesn't Tina have a guitar roadie? I noticed that several times she had to go back behind Ralph McDonald's stand to get her guitar. <laughs> Boy, listen, Ed's paying attention. Did I mention that Tina looked great? <laughs> I was say, I guess, everything around Tina. I posted binoculars? some pictures on my blog at www.shakerofsalt.blogspot.com. The rest should be up soon. I gotta check that out. As you will see from the concert pics, I had one hell of a view from my seat. Also, the bathrooms were still suck at Alpine Valley. There you yeah. go, Nick. Thanks, listener Ed. So we thank listener Ed for uh, for helping us out and covering that concert. And uh, what he said is true because when we saw him at Alpine Valley, Brown Eye Girl got a tremendous ovation. I think it was like the first or second song at uh, the concert we were at, and they cheered nonstop for and it seemed like two full minutes. They just cheered. They and just cheered liked that song. And there? cheered. They love. That song. They love seeing Jimmy at Alpine Valley, and they love him playing Brown Eyed Girl at Alpine Valley. <laughs> Girl. And oh, all, I was thinking, all I was thinking the whole time was, how come the crowd at Pine Knob can't cheer that We don't cheer for a song. We don't have our song cheered for. Well, they just cheer if for only, it. If something. only Pine Knob could cheer that loud and long, then maybe Jimmy would play here more than every six years. Wow. See, I didn't see Jimmy. He's, a, he's a cicada. Well, that was cool. We got a report from Alpine Valley. My daughter thinks she's going to go to the next, to Buffett show, and why aren't we going this weekend to see Jimmy Buffett? Like, I snapped my fingers, she's going to play this weekend at Pine Knob. We can't even get to play Pine Knob during the whole year. And she thinks, this weekend, I want to go see Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> and we also had uh, two little uh, um, Buffett references online on the 2nd and 3rd, August 2nd and August 3rd. Um, that's the Peggy Young interview on Fresh Air, and also Jimmy Buffett was mentioned in an Onion headline of their Onion podcast. Jimmy Buffett's new song, Cold Weather and Personal Responsibility, disappoints longtime fans. It's the Onion Radio News. This is Doyle Redland reporting. Fans of laid-back singer-songwriter Jimmy Buffett spoke out today against the musician's new emphasis on preparing for a cold, hard winter. Buffett's manager, Jacob Dumain, however, remains hopeful that Buffett's new direction will catch on. You know, I really think people will eventually come around to these new songs about dressing in layers and volunteering for community service. All is not well in Margaritaville, however, as many of Buffett's fans are refusing to sing along with his newly revised Meatloaf in Paradise. 
Doyle Redland for The Onion, Radio News. But the really, the really amazing thing was uh, Peggy Young, the wife of Neil Young, uh, was interviewed on Fresh Air, interviewed by Terry Gross. And uh, out of the blue, she stopped, she's got this new album out. I believe it's her first ever album. That she's, I, that she's I could only find this album. I'd look. And, uh, she, and they're just discussing the songs, and she mentions uh, When the Wildlife Betrays Me. And I, my ears perk up, and it's like, what? What a coincidence. What a coincidence yeah. that she's recording this song. And then I found out that as the interview went on, it's like, it really is that song. It's not just the same title. She actually did a, a Jimmy Buffett cover. So, uh, and Peg Young is wild. the wife of Neil Young. Young. And uh, so I've, we've got a clip of that interview, too, so I'll just drop that in right now. Let me play another track from your new CD, and this is a song called When the Wildlife Betrays Me. Now, what we're talking about isn't a wildlife, <laughs> or not, not in the standard definition. What, what meaning does this song have for you? You know, I just loved that song, and I, I was trying to remember the other day if I actually ever heard, like, a demo of it. I must have. Uh, but there was something about it. It just, again, you know, if you think about you know, looking at relationships and and all kinds of, you know, aspects. And I thought that just chronicled something that was so beautiful and so forlorn. There was something about it. Um, you know, you could just get inside it. I, I could. I could just feel like what that would what, what that must have felt like when they were writing. You know, somebody had that experience. You know, Jimmy Buffett's a co-writer and Will Jennings and I know Jimmy's slightly. I don't know Will at all, but you, know, you just have to think. What a, it's just so true and honest. Well, why don't we hear it? This is When the Wildlife Betrays Me, sung by Peggy Young on her new CD, which is called Peggy Young. I like this. I like the song. I like the way they, she does. It's real stripped down. I bought it. Yeah, I got it too. Yeah, I mean, I figured about that. Like, yes, it is yeah. on iTunes. Peggy it's, Young, but it's like it's P E G I Young. Yeah, P E G I. And, and the, like I said, it's a stripped down, and uh, I and I like the song. We're gonna get to that. In a and minute, I mean, you know, could that be our segue? Or do yeah, why don't our homework happens to be to review, listen to, talk about the album Riddles in the Sand, which happens to have. When the wildlife betrays me, if you didn't buy the two-for-one CD, that's right. Sorry. Which I did, but I had the LP years before that. And I believe that was a single off that album. It was the best single off that album. So that's the one they removed from that's the first CD release. release. It made the number thirty-seven. The idiots. Billboard country charts number thirty-seven. I think the guys that ran MCA now work for Fox Broadcasting. Yes. I, I would. I wouldn't be surprised. Do they even mention that a song's missing on there? No, no, not at all. Yeah, <coughs> yeah just, just that really sucks. The, the the two for one is defaulted to be one particular harbor. Everything, all the credits on it refer to that, except where there's a asterisk and it's you know produced by Jimmy Bowen or whatever, yeah. and then they asterisk every. And I noticed, but every, it doesn't say that on the CD. Well, it says that. Yeah. I noticed that the same pairings are on or were on the audio cassettes that were out before the CDs. So I was wondering if the only reason these these albums are paired together it says it, is because yeah, they're similar they lengths. Mm-hmm. So they'll fit on a side A, side B of a cassette, and then they just took the cassette master and made CDs off them. The, I'm saying in the, the liner jacket, notes, the liner note yeah. says Bowen's the. The CD. I, I understand. Yeah. We got that. Yes. Okay. The CD is wrong. All right. The, the CD, CD disc itself. I meant the liner notes. The liner notes. Say, the where the star yes. is bowling. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that's saying where there's a star that means it's riddles of the sand. It doesn't. Right. It's like acting like I don't know. It's just bullshit. Very sloppy. Very very sloppy. They didn't have to carry this. And even still, the uh, single CD versions, even though they now have all the tracks, are still they still look like crap with. The generic back covers. Yeah, yeah this has got yeah, to be one of the big overlooked albums in his discography. Because this was apart from apart from these in my heart, I don't think anybody talks about this CD anymore. The the CD actually I, hit number uh, hit ninety five on Billboard's two hundred, and on country it went to eighteen. 
And that's the big thing, I think. Which they was were being pushed for country on this. But, but get this, though. This is what I found confusing with that. Is, yeah, he brought in Jimmy Bowen, who was totally known for country. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the other thing was, in the genres, it was listed as rock. If you go back to the Billboard, the Billboard charts... It was listed under rock. I stopped paying attention to these genres. I don't know where they come yeah. from yeah. so much for his attempt at releasing a golf and western album. Well, yeah, what's funny is Americano <laughs> on iTunes, and I didn't check it anywhere else, is listed as a country. Right. So there's some of Roger Klein's country, alternative country, right. rock, alternative rock, every single season. Right. So it's like, I think they, the marketers just call it whatever it is they think they're going to sell it. Yeah, and I just, I guess I stopped listening, I stopped looking at the genre part, and I don't even have it listed on my iTunes. So this album was released in 90, 1984. Okay, yeah, September 1st, 1984 is the right. date I have. Yeah, that's the date I have, but I was wondering where... And it I'm was now. a year to the day after One Particular Harbor. Yep. I saw that. Right. And uh, it started a, like, in two years, he, he, he really had a lot of albums all of a sudden. Yeah, next year is Man- Last Mango in Paris. Less than a year later, right? Yeah, in June. But it was it was definitely, a, if you listen to the, the album, I mean, it's definitely country. So, like, when I first heard it, I mean, this thing got shelved until I was a lot more mature because I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? So you're not going to listen again for a while? You know, no, actually, <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed doing some of the research on this album. Like, I didn't know who Jimmy Bowen was. Who was the producer, and I, mean, I never heard of him. And I guess he's acknowledged as one of the most influential figures in Nashville. Yeah, he's. he's I mean, a big he is producer. the producer in Nashville. Who actually he he was started off singing, uh, landed a top twenty hit in nineteen fifty seven with a rockabilly hit called "I'm Sticking with You." And um, this song was actually first. It was a demo, and released on the B side of. Buddy Knox's number one hit, which was anybody for a beer. Buddy let's go Knox. All the way. Buddy let's go Knox. all the way. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it on. Party doll. Oh, so cool. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, I know. So, okay, I know. Yeah, everybody kind of. I mean, yeah. I if you put it in the back of your head, party doll is kind of a big song. Come along and be my party doll. Come along and be my party doll. Come along and be my so in the 60s he moved into production he, he started work with Frank Sinatra Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin all three of them he produced albums for I think I heard thought that was rather interesting but I think this was a clear marketing thing to switch to country Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. one one particular yeah, harbor. You go back to one particular harbor. It was there was a lot of guitar in one particular harbor. I mean, you look at we used to have money one time. We uh, what else like is that? Stars on the water. Yeah, I mean, it's a very it's country, harder guitar driven. Very guitar driven. So this was a, a clear change. I think both lyrically, it's a lot deeper than one particular harbor coming off that album, and I think it's musically, it's a lot. Well, that's interesting. This is not too far off after Urban Cowboy, right? I think so. In a couple years, maybe. I thought Urban Cowboy was in the 70s. Oh, maybe it was. Late 70s? Yeah, like 79. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If the Bozinski family would have proper internet... Yeah, no, forget. I even mentioned that because who knows. He does dedicate this one to Jane, it says here. I can't yeah, she's still... Can't read her name. And Savannah did it, it contributed to that artwork in the sleeves. It, I don't know to what extent she drew one picture. S- Savannah Jane drew on the sleeve along with um, another person. Well, there's like sisters or two, right. two people with the Maureen. same last name. And then the album dedication. This album is dedicated which, with much love to Jane Slags. I don't know how to say her. Slagswell. Slagswell? I guess. Buffett, who over the years has been and remains the ultimate riddle in the sand. Yeah, it was the original title was with this album, or at least the working title was Golf and Western. Yeah, Golf and Western, but Golf and Western wouldn't let him do it. Oh, really? Is that one? Yeah. That's yeah. Why, I'm saying, how come they changed the name? That was that's why in the back cover the words Golf and Western are highlighted yes. in, in Jim Harrison's dedication. That's to get the point across that. In the, yeah, in the dedication. In the back cover. In the sand. The so the only in the sand, the original Golf and Western shows up. The only <laughs> now, when did Changes in Latitudes come out? Oh, jeez. Because 76. So the only album that scored higher, country-wise, 
was changes in latitude. That reached number two on the country charts, number 12 on the Billboard 200, <laughs> which I thought that was interesting because I wanted to see where it landed in terms of on the country chart. Um, son of a Son of a Sailor hit number six, and One Particular Harbor hit 35. But yeah, this was definitely a push, a little bit, a bit of an experiment to do some country stuff, although I don't See, and this notice is, too much like slide guitar kind of stuff in this album, right? No, but no, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's more like... But what I found in listening to, going and Googling reviews on this, is a lot of people were negative on this album in terms of they called it a marketing scheme to switch country. Buffett, who never really liked country. I mean, I don't know where these people got their information from. I mean, I've are these, never... Are these professional reviews or just... Like All over, no, both to. actually. One of them was from a bigger magazine. I want to. I'm hesitant to say uh, Rolling Stone, but it was something of that well, nature. Rolling Stone. I don't think. It, or, I don't think Rolling Stone ever gave Jimmy really great reviews. But I found that baffling. That I mean, a, a marketing, another marketing ploy by Buffett. Blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, since when did Jimmy clearly associates himself with country? You know? Yeah, the, but maybe because there was a. I remember when this after this came out, and then until Last Bangle, he was on like the Nashville Network was kind of new, and he was on, and he like like ho like hosted a show where they had roving guest hosts. He like hosted some show. Yeah, it was Nashville now. Was that Nashville now? You know, he hosted it for a night, and he also uh, played the Who's the Bond Stranger video. That was the only copy of Who's the Bond Stranger I video that I had. That. It, he had yeah, like, I had that on VHS. Yeah, Marshall Chapman was a guest, Marshall and uh, guest. actually, incidentally, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Who's the Bond Stranger is available on iTunes. You can buy yeah, it as a video, video on iTunes. I have. It's on there. Uh, yeah, he played that, and he played some songs, and, and it turned out that Last Mango in Paris was coming out, and Mike misinterpreted the show. Mike, who's not here, misinterpreted that show, and he told me Riddles in the Sand was supposed to be called Last Mango in Paris. Mm. Then all of a sudden, I'm in Harmony House a few weeks later, and Last Mango in Paris is in the bin. And that's when we found out that <coughs> was on the way before the internet, obviously. We had no idea this thing was coming out just mere nine months after the last album. And um, the other thing on this album is a lot of backup vocals and extra band members that weren't, you know... He, he brought in a lot of session artists to do background, uh, extra keyboardists, which funny because Utley's listed as a keyboard artist, but so is, uh, who's the other keyboardist? John Jarvis. John Jarvis. There was another guy who was, I mean, he, he was a country guy from the, from the 70s. Um, Wendy Waldman did Literally. vocals. Is it Larry Lee looking for love in all the wrong places? I thought he was a defensive end for the Lions. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I think that's, the, that's that looking for love dude. <coughs> Reg, Reggie Young, he brought in for electric guitar. Mm -hmm. Billy Joe Walker. And see, Reggie Young came from like Buffett's area. I did a little research on him. So he described himself as a white kid who was drawn to the sound of black music in New Orleans. And he actually toured with Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, and Roy Orbison. So he, but most importantly... He got so... Wait, this no, is sorry, this is ahead. cool. He joined the Highwaymen, which is Willie Nelson and who's yeah. in the Highwaymen? Johnny... Well, uh, Johnny Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, and Waylon Jennings. This guy... So this guy was a... Uh, became a session artist. He was so busy in the mid to late 70s that he was actually... Just sick of working, he did, but he didn't want to retire. I mean, he wanted to keep going. So he actually got away with charging double for his sessions of whatever the scale was for musicians. And then he, he finally slowed down enough. He said he was literally working eight hours a day, seven days a week as a session Jeez. for every everybody. Country. Yeah, Reggie Young. I thought that was kind of interesting. Areas. I was going to say, most importantly, on the, on the cover art... They were able to snag Rusty the Wonder Horse to, <laughs> to pose for the pictures. <laughs> and then uh, the other background, uh, one of the background female singers was Wendy Waldman, um, who was mostly known for songwriting. Uh, actually did Vanessa Williams' 1991 hit, Save the Best for Last. She actually wrote that song. Thought that was interesting. Now we're standing face to face. 
Just pushing country stuff as much as he was trying, trying to create a whole new thing. No, he was not trying to create. He was trying to cash in the country. No, but it was he pushed the Gulf. No, she was one of the MCA strongly suggested the best way he would get lost her crown. Some chart action was going country, and so that's why these two albums are country albums. And when Last Mango didn't do very well, he said, "Screw that! I'm going to do my my usual music." And told the company to go buy it. So for these two albums, Riddles and Last Mango, he brought in and he partnered up with songwriting duties with Will Jennings. I mean, it's kind of he was really heavy into both albums. Riddles was the first one. I mean, this guy's gone on to write to get Grammys and and uh, Oscars. The Titanic song. <laughs> he did the Titanic song. Near, far, wherever you are. Okay. And is this one of the first times we've seen the lyrics? Come on, sing it! <laughs> we can, can you pipe in Bare Naked Ladies doing it? Three drinking <laughs> songs in this one. It was for Mike. Well, maybe we should, uh, are we done? Or should we talk about the tracks? Yeah, do we have any more, any more uh, background history? Or should we dive into the... Other, I don't know if we want to talk about Will Jennings too much. Anybody can wiki Will Jennings. But I mean, he's been around and he's collaborated with a lot of people. And... Uh, but I believe, I'm not sure, but in Who's the Blonde Stranger, I almost want to say Will Jennings is the guy in that video. Now, I'm going out on a limb. This is based on, a, you know... Uh, Patty told me. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, none of that stuff. I This is from a long time ago. I might have misinterpreted something Jimmy said once, but I was under the impression that Will Jennings was in that video. And uh, I should I should know for sure, but then that's not how we do things here. Yeah, <laughs> we figure it out later. Yeah, we always if just we spout off stuff and then research it afterwards. <laughs> and hope to God we're right. <laughs> so we pop in the CD or the vinyl as I did this week. It was nice listening to the snap cracker pop of the vinyl. And side one, track one, who's a blood stranger with a question mark in the title. That doesn't always happen. Now uh, it's supposed to be bad luck. Is this the only song? Josh, Josh Leo was also involved in writing this too. That's not a name that I came across. Well, that's his uh, guitarist for a while, right? And he got in this album. And it sounds to me like they, the same. The trio was Utley, Jennings, and Buffett writing most yeah, of the songs yeah, they in this album. Most of it except for and probably, I guess, two. Leo probably got involved and probably wrote such a, a guitar hook that they used it for the album, or I mean, for the uh, song. That's my guess. It's funny, this the, the whole album, though. Like we were Barometer Soup, we were always we can't remember how the songs in Barometer Soup start out, but every one of these songs you can just immediately get the first couple notes. I do like that about this album that you you do remember the song. God, as much as I hate to agree with Greg, he's right. It <laughs> <laughs> goes against my all my being, but that was actually a, a good statement by Greg. <laughs> I have a, I have an affection for the CD because it was. It was the first one that I really got into because I really became a fan with the album before it. So this was the CD. It was like, ah, oh, cool, Buffett's out, new Buffett album. Mm. So this brings back fond memories. And of, I was of junior year in college. <laughs> I was just I was just before Unk on the wagon. With yeah, the, he'd been hearing Buffett, but he, I guess I was thinking this was Greg's first big release. But I guess Greg was already a fan, and one particular Harbor came yeah. out. But then, and now, you know, we waited and got this and listened to See, it. See, I didn't even like this until about circa 1994, <laughs> I think, is my first appreciation of it. And what's amazed me, even to this day, is why aren't these songs re-released by Buffett, and why aren't they number one on a country chart? Seriously, I mean, any one of these songs... Yeah, well, it's got such a dated sound, though. Yeah, like, it's country. I didn't really notice it. I was, I was, before I listened to it, I was thinking, this is, this. I really like the sound of this album, especially compared to Last Mango, which I always think of... As, as like bookends to each other or, or a pair of albums and listening to it today on the way home it's it really has it's got those 80s drums and the vocals have way too much echo 
and it really sounds dated. And I never thought about that until listening to it on the way home. Yeah, but now you're going to be but a buzzkill for me. I'm but he could almost that. re-record some of these songs. Yeah, he could. Good. He, he could, could re-record them. Some of the some yeah. of the songs I think sound really great. Like I well, he tried bigger to than the both of us. Really well, that's what I was going to say. I didn't know whether to wait for the song. Bigger than the both of us could be a country hit right now. If you re-record it, did it as a duet with Martine McBride or somebody. Yeah, who? Yeah, that's who he did. Well, yeah, trip around the world. Trip around the world. What the song reminded me of. And I'm still disappointed why that song didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this should be a duet. Trip on the but, song. Did you say trip on the world? No, I said trip on the song. I don't know. Wow, I'm well, hearing everything differently. We'll <laughs> find out later. Jeez. <laughs> what the heck? So, Who's the Blonde Stranger was uh, your, the, the, kind of a. Oh, we're going to go in order? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> we're back. I we're just going to shoot buckshot at the album and see, if we, see what we have. See what sticks. Because I really want to get to the I, second track. And this one had a video, which was a big deal for us, because I don't know if it was one of the first Buffett videos we got to enjoy. Maybe the first one I ever saw. First yeah. one I ever saw, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Didn't we were so No, 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 no. There was a video for one particular harbor, I believe. I remember I remember watching this being introduced. Um, the Who's the monkey with it, or the hat? Michael Nesmith. And the monkeys, Michael man. Nesmith. He, he used to host a show and yeah, did videos and stuff like parts. that. Yeah, well, that's the end of the album. <laughs> but we are going all over the place. Yeah, we are. That is later okay. on. Okay, second track. I, now, rank, I, I rank this one as a hanky-panky song. For those of you with the two-for-one CD, don't listen to the next yep. part. But those with the single CD with the vinyl or the that I have right here with iTunes. Closing. And I went into iTunes and bought this because I do not own a CD that has this track. And that's uh, When the Wildlife Betrays Me. And I think this may be my, this could be my favorite song. I think it's the best or second best written song on the album. It's got, it does have great lyrics. I can see why I've always liked it. Young would want to redo it. From it's the first time I did it. This is a country song that he could, he could record again now. And I rate it Mushy Gushy. Oh, I, I love this song. Oh, it's a good too. Mushy Gushy song. It's a, it's a lovey song. <laughs> I, read, I don't know. It's the how loving it is. It's the wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's a fucking no, gushy song. Okay, stop Can't believe it. I'm still here with the morning so near. Last night it's so unclear. Clear. I we, see your trembling hand. The gold wedding band. The cold. Oh, it's gold wedding band. That's I even missed better. the cold wedding band. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed read my notes. It's a makeup breakup song. Wow, oh, man. Mushy, gushy, makeup breakup. Potato, potato. Dumbass, dumbass. But I love the song. Yeah, Greg, like like you just went backwards. I was so proud of you. We finally agreed on something. Gotta fuck it up. True Greg. Coming out. And I used to, I used to rag the song out. And then when the two for one CD comes out, it's not on there. Those MCA bastards. Dare, like this was probably our freshman year in college when Darren and I started really listening to this album. I used to blast it in my escort, Henry Ford. I think people thought we were gay. <laughs> That's when it people started. Still do, Scott. <laughs> yeah. People still do. It's not do. really a stretch. <laughs> Nothing's changed much. Now they think I'm gay with you, though, Joe. So it's, <laughs> I switched partners. <laughs> that was terrific. <laughs> oh, Top Day. Great song. Uh, it's number, a rocker. It number rocks. 35 times. It's, it's a hard rock song. It was actually, it's been played 85 times okay. in concert, which is too much for me. I'm over it. I don't like it anymore. I like it. And this is kind of, my dad liked this song a lot. He, so went, this, he went nostalgic with his Meet Me at the Five and Dime. Today's listeners may not know what a five and dime is. <laughs> yeah, now they're dollar stores. Yeah, now they're yeah. dollar stores. Unless they're they're always going out. Those dollar stores are always going out of business. They're like seventy five cents stores. Because it's always twenty five percent off going out of business. Mm-hmm. I rate this hanky panky. Okay. <laughs> so that's wishy gushy, make a break up, hanky panky. Yeah, that's my thing. This could get fun. <laughs> thing, thing You're so lyrical. What rhyme? What rhyme is going to get a call for next? He's so okay, lyrical. Right. She's going out of my mind. Another Mac McAnally. Uh, it's got a really nice melody, but I'm not exactly sure what the song's about. I mean, is this the one? Where, isn't this where? Because he broke up with her, and then she's he's, she's he's finally starting to get over. Well, no, but then he's dragged away by doctors. Yeah, he's driven like he's crazy. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, that he's gets going me. out it's of like, his mind. It's like just when you're getting oh, it's, that's terrible. Or is it is it actually bad that she's gone out of his mind because they broke up? Because wouldn't it be a good thing that now he's not hung up on her anymore? But then as soon as you're thinking that, then he's being towed away by doctors. 
Because he's going yeah, I always crazy thought he for was, was, Yeah, he's just too crazy, even though uh, they're still, I th- think they broke up. I thought they were, like, together, but he's just nuts. Jimmy's just a guy doing what he likes to do. He's, he's working and playing. It doesn't rhyme. Some reason I've got <laughs> Yeah, come back to us when you have a rhyme. We have two words with two syllables each that rhyme. Well, yeah, two syllables after asking a lot. I just figured he was going crazy. Yeah, it was kind of a weird song. I mean, it, it may be, though, though uh, I wanted to say this before, there's nothing on this album I skip. I ever skip. But this would be my least favorite on the album. No, I've got one. I've got a different one that we haven't gotten to yet. Okay. Ah, I lost my track. Scott took my track list. No, and then we come up to the Thanks. the future blockbuster duet with Buffett and somebody or somebody bigger than the both of us. Yeah, I like this. Ronda I think I think Goulet. the version on the album I right did now. Some, I did some little research on Ronda Goulet. I mean, she's been in everything. Lemmings, Saturday Night Live. So she's got ties to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to get into it all, all other than. Uh, I mean. Psst, Broadway, Spinal Tap, all kinds of stuff's on her resume. And uh, but the song she wrote is, is awesome. She's a regular G. E. Smith. <laughs> and somehow that's why I wanted to tie it to G. E. Smith the Senate like, damn it. And I wanna say I did the research to make sure so, so I really I really, I really like the song and it, this it's the cover that he brought in. I don't know how they got involved. And I also read somewhere where she did background on it. But She's not listed on the album credits, yeah. so I think it's one of those internet things where they took liberties, or maybe she's on there and the CD didn't credit her. And that's why she's never worked with Jimmy again, because yeah. of that slight. Let's <laughs> start the rumor now. And I believe that's the end of song Yeah, flip one. the side and flip yep. the album over. All right. And we have <laughs> the big... The current uh, popular favorite from this album that he still plays. We saw him before this album. This, we saw him in the summer, so the album was September 1, I think. Because, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we saw it sold the summer before, and he played this song, and another one I can't remember, I thought, from this album. But he played this, and I, and I liked it. I think he played Ragtop Days. Maybe. That or Come to the Moon or something. Or hmm. Love and Decline or... Incidentally, the uh, CD came out in October of 1989, so it's like five years and a month after. And uh, the single CD came out one year later. Uh, actually, yeah, October 25th, 1990. So October 27th, 1989 for the two first CD, and October 25th, 1990 for the single CD. That's probably actually when I was introduced to it. Did you redo that song on the Meet Me Margarita? Was this one of yes. the ones that recorded? Yeah, that was the reggae. He did the reggae version of it. It already is kind yeah, of it is reggae. reggae. Yeah, but yeah. he made it more reggae. reggae. I like this version better. Well, it's a makeup blues. song. I like that. It's it's a good saying. Down on the knees. It's of my a wake up makeup song. What'd you say? Wake I up said it's definitely a makeup song. I, I like actually that. like the original makeup version wake-up. better than I do. I don't like the reggae version. Extra reggae. Yeah, no. Yeah, it doesn't need it. And it's maybe because I liked the first song so much that I was opposed to change. Sounds like well, this anyway, I heard that. I always liked the song, and I heard it before the album came out and liked it immediately. So, the tracks, the next track, seven or the second one on the second side is "Come to the Moon." Only ever played once in Great Woods, Massachusetts, in 1997. Wow, just one time. Well, again, they don't. I was trying to research when we saw my pine knob and he played knees in my heart ahead of time. Well, that's not in the. That's that show's not even doesn't even exist in yeah, the database yet. Or all those all those old timers yeah. have died out. So they, yeah, they don't know how to work the computer. So yeah. and actually, I first the came. Internet doesn't the internets. Right. I think it's a great song. Michael Nesmith from the Monkees had that TV show. What was it called? That elephant. Parts. It was television parts. Television. Parts. I think I. I think in one of the earlier shows I called it elephant parts. That's the name of the, the music videos that he released. Right. But the TV show was called Television Parts. And Buffett was on that once, right? Yeah, but it was for not this song. It wasn't so doing this song. We can right? save that for. <laughs> okay, no, no. Yeah, it wasn't this song. We can save that. Why do I? I with had Greg's a... comment, we can save both of those to the end. Of yeah. The no, album. I thought it was this song. No. No, it wasn't. But I, I'll go on record as really so liking wait, this song. So wait, I'm dying to hear Greg's soliloquy of this song. What? What's your uh, 
Mushy gushy. <laughs> you already used that. You can't do that. I, I wrote a little, a little, little thing here. Looney Mooney. Yeah. Once he dreams, he was going to be an astronaut. There's no rhyme here. It's just that I put down that he doesn't know if he's got the answer if Jane's coming back to him or not, but he's going to continue his troubadour ways, and Jane can come back if she wants to, and he'll take her. So come to the moon. I just heard it. I don't know. I came up with, it has a low and high delta range, sweet and piney like the delta soil. Ah, well, fan my brow. <laughs> I had to have one in there, because it was about this time last year when I did my long podcast with my, with my <laughs> writing that I got ripped on for being too But uh, I agree, Jane has something with this. I really like this song. I, yeah, when I when I do my uh, CD compilations, this song is always on it, and I think I probably hold it in higher regard than a lot of people. But I do like this song. Uh, next track is "Love and Decline." This is the one I would skip. Oh really? Yeah. This is so country, but I've I've learned to appreciate it. I, I yeah, like I it. always liked it. I mean, it's, it's not nothing in terms of deepness. It's probably not one of the deepest songs on there. It seems very. Countryish in terms of like all country songs, you know, it it follows the country format. I guess is probably the best way to say. I mean, short of you know your dog leaving you and you know you're eating crackers out of your cupboard and your pickup truck is rusty. I mean, it's got all the cliches in there of country. I think. I guess I like the uh, music, the melody kind of thing, more right. than the lyrics of the song. That's why I think she's one of my mind is comes in last. Okay, wait, 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 now, wait, 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 Greg. What? Greg. I gave it a thumbs down. I didn't like it. So don't you have any kind of Jean Shallot like? I just gave it a thumbs down. Thing for thumbs down. Ucky, yucky, mucky. <laughs> yucky and mucky. Yeah, it's decliny reclining. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna start something, you gotta, you gotta commit. Yeah, commit. Burn that bridge. Track nine, getting to the end of the album. Um, the song's okay. This is your typical Buffett like. Going, going over record. now that we've uh, we've come close to the end, there isn't a song that I really skip. I mean, this is a very easily easily listenable album in terms of you can pop it in and not have to do. And even the order of it, it has a good ebb and flow. Well, some people will use that same critique. You know, say it's too easy listenable. But uh, I like, I mean, yeah, I don't really skip anything. I would say, uh, I mean, I already said she's going on my mind my least favorite, but every yeah. other song, it's, it's okay to listen to. And uh, It's not a boat. This is one of those. It's not a boat scene. Yeah, it's, there's, there's not uh, the usual touchdowns, the Buffett touchdowns. Agreed. So burn that bridge. Yeah. Nothing great, just I think a solid song. I like it. I like the song. I, I, mean, I, like, I like the like backing. It. I think the backing's really good. The band. Alright, Greg. I the had, audience is... I had makeup breakup, but I can't use what I already wrote <laughs> once before. I, apparently my... You just, you just wrote three things down and repeated them? Copy-paste? Well, I, I, I wrote this. This album has... He printed a lot of stuff. Well, just over and over again, and the rest Hanky of it is Pinky, all Mushy, and, Gushy, and Makeup Breakup, and each one of these songs fit into that category. Typical <laughs> breaky. Typical I'll country western. You give us a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Could thumbs you up. give us Burn a finger snap when you do that? <laughs> and now we come to the end of the album with the. We can talk about the many different versions of La Vida Sant. Yes, Greg, please. <laughs> Indulge us. Was it a patty? Indulge us with your theories of La Vida Ensemble. Yeah, we're reading an email you don't have to rhyme. the last three days. You don't have to rhyme for this. You I don't have to rhyme anything. No, we were... This song has been played 28 times. It's like number 106 on the list. I was sent on a wild goose chase last week when Greg insisted mm -hmm. that the CD version and LP versions were a little mm -hmm. different. But I think he's talking about Criola. Yeah, we'll we, leave that for another day. We eventually worked it out of him. We didn't, uh, we didn't actually review that album yet, have we? Yeah, we, I believe we did. Oh, we did. I wasn't there, Florida days. Yeah. I wasn't and there. I don't know if we mentioned that. 
I think we did. Yes. But now last but then, week at, at golf, during, last week at yeah, golf, I had Greg food poison. Greg was, <laughs> so I wasn't in my right mind or left mind. He was for food poisoning. He's like, no, 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 there's different versions. Patty said so, all this stuff. So I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening. And then we get an email thread going. And then Mickey finally says, aren't we talking about Crayola? And Greg says, yeah, maybe we are. So anyway, this song, this song, very, very good song. I'm trying to figure out if you dance to it, how would you dance to this song? By moving your feet. Oh my god. The hips. No, what, what's the... Hips don't work. It's not a... It's not a polka. It's not a foxtrot. It's not a waltz. I'm sorry, no, audience, that you are succumbed to this acidity. <laughs> just, it's just, a great song, but I only give it a two to dance to. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> song, but I can't dance to it. What the it's about shit? the dancing life, but you can't <laughs> dance to it. You can All dance. All right. You know, didn't see the action. action. They had a guy dancing in the video. This is when you start screwing on the back of the lawn at Pine Knob when the song comes on. You're going to about dancing. <laughs> Everybody else going to get beer. You take your girl on the back of the lawn and take care of business. <laughs> well, thanks for ruining the song. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now I got to try. Oh, jeez. I, I got to erase from my memory. <laughs> oh, anyway, I really like this song. This is this fights with well, the Well, I like, I like the LP version of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> one second shorter version. than the CD hmm? version. <laughs> I'm listening at I A second could be a lifetime song. <laughs> Ask Greg's life. Greg's giving up. <laughs> well, I mean, I was really, really researching this. But it only takes one little mick goal. Are you sure we're going to talk about Crayola? That was word for word what I said. It shows you how much respect I hold. Oh, yeah, maybe Mick's right. <laughs> I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm checking. But uh, there is a video to this. It was—I want to say it was the last episode, but I'm not certain. There was—I know it was like at the end of episodes. an episode. Okay. Yeah, it was a limited run thing, like six episodes, and then nobody watched it, and it got canned. I didn't think it was the sixth, because I thought it was like the second or third. I was like, I, I finally got to watch it. Like I missed the first one and saw and Buffett happened to be on it, but I don't know. But it is at the end of the show, and he's—it's uh, basically about an old black hoofer. And uh, it ends with him dancing on a giant older hat. I'll go get see if I can get a barley. A what? And I'm for my. Oh wait, wait. Do you have your jokes, Scott? Oh no, I, I actually <laughs> okay. I started working on one, so I'm about halfway done with it. There she okay. is. Yay! Have a seat. Have a seat. Relax. Can we get you anything? Give <laughs> 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 her an empty plastic cup. Here's your little Here. What am I, the barmaid? Yes, yes, you're the barmaid. I you're can the, be the pirate. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, we can turn it to a bartender real quick. the pirate. You want to be the pirate? Give us your best pirate. The pirate no has to be way. naked, I'm though. He wants to be the narrator. A pirate walks into a bar, sitting himself down. He tells the barmaid, Ahoy! Pour me a slash of rum, for trouble begins. The barmaid pours some Sailor Jerry. Mmm, 92 proof. Tasty and watches as the pirate slams it down. Quickly placing the glass on the bar, the pirate says, Arr, quickly, fill up me glass for trouble commences. The barmaid pours another glass and the pirate drinks it as quickly as he had the first, before asking for another, again adding, before trouble begins. After several rounds of this, the barmaid finally says, Look, pirate, you've been in here 15 minutes and you keep talking about trouble starting? Just when is this trouble going to start, huh? <laughs> the pirate looks at the barmaid and says, Arr, trouble begins just as soon as you figure out that I ain't got me money. <laughs> <laughs> trouble. <laughs> no, that's the part where Christina goes, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and rags on my tree. These guys are gay. <laughs> <laughs> And they're not even that good at tippers. Get out of my head, she said. That's life on the North Coast. That's life.